This is the Business Briefcase Podcast, heard exclusively at loandesk.com.au. Hear business financing tips and interviews to grow your business. And we're back, folks. Welcome back to another edition of the Business Briefcase Podcast, brought to you by the Loan Desk team. My name is Simon, and as usual, we have Lee. G'day, guys. How you going? Right. uh, So following on, actually, probably from the invoice financing podcast just a couple ago, uh, I guess the main takeaway from that podcast was that once you've made a sale, once you've raised an invoice, you have an option there in terms of getting funding from a variety of lenders. Now, I'm guessing quite a few uh, of the business owners who would be listening would be thinking, that's great, but what if I just need some capital now? and then I can then make the sale. So if I need to pay mm. my supplier and get some goods, mm. I can then finish the sale and then that's gonna help me basically. So I need the capital now, which is prior to the invoicing. They might be thinking, is there any hope for me? Well, as it turns out, yes, there is. Uh, so we do wanna talk about uh, two specific options for that type of scenario today. Uh, the first one being purchase order funding, which is also sometimes called trade finance, which is also sometimes called import finance. Uh, and the other option is inventory finance. Now, um, just a heads up, these are both quite technical in terms of how they can and can't work. Uh, so we'll try and explain it as clearly as possible. Uh, we'll keep it pretty high level, um, but uh, it should be fun. So if we get stuck into purchase order funding first, mm. Lee, this is your bag. Run us through it. Yeah, so uh, actually before we start, Simon, you've left the sock on your microphone. You might want to take that off. Just in case people can hear us. <laughs> I meant to do that. The sock is gone. Um, so just, yeah, obviously purchase order finance. One thing that um, uh, I guess why inventory products, purchase order, import products, they are, I guess you've you got to think of them not as a working capital type product. So you've got um, unsecured loans we talk about. You've got factoring invoice finance. You've got short-term property loans we talked about uh, for business purposes. Uh, but they're working capital right what these types of products we're talking about today are set up to do is um, basically finance your transactions um, Mm. which is a good way to think about it so you know buying inventory is a transaction but to get more back on point purchase order finance um, the way it works is it is predominantly uh, based off pre-sold goods so as it sounds purchase order finance you've got a purchase order not from your supplier a purchase order from your buyer or your customer um, and purchase order finance is a, a, I mean I wouldn't say it's new to Australia but in recent years it's gotten more traction um, and the way that it works and it's been very very popular in the United States and the UK um, but it's based purely on the strength of your purchase order so you know how strong is that customer that you're buying the goods from now if they're a Meyer or David Jones obviously that's a high high credit risk um, sorry low credit risk sorry guys low credit risk so if I receive an order for one hundred thousand dollars right um, you're probably wondering okay what 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 how do I finance that order I normally would go to the bank and say, hey, can I borrow the money to pay my supplier? Um, If the bank turns around and says, well, you don't have enough security to offer for us to do that or provide that, um, then where do you turn? So there's these funders in Australia called purchase order funders, and they look at the strength of the transaction, who your customer is, what type of goods are they? They're looking at finished goods only, generally. 
and uh, looking at are they goods being, I guess, brought in from an overseas supplier, say usually China or the United States or, or Vietnam, depending on the type of goods, and they get delivered directly to your end customer, or uh, sometimes they allow them to go via a third-party logistics warehouse or 3PL. Right. So the key point then that you've mentioned was it's got to be pre-sold. So you've pre-sold. got to have a purchase order. So yep. that is key, basically. Yeah. So just thinking about who this might suit, uh, it springs to mind certainly wholesalers. Certainly. Wholesalers, yep. Uh, this should be right up their alley. Manufacturers, maybe. Mm, maybe. Yes, yep, yep. So manufacturers sometimes, but when we say manufacturers, I, I've, I, we've, where we see it through Loaness is mainly where you've, Someone was manufacturing in Australia previously. They did all their stuff in mm. here, and then eventually the business grows and yeah, 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 grows on and goes on. And then they think, oh, I'm going to offshore this manufacturing process. So then they use someone in China to produce the goods instead of manufacturing it locally in here in Australia. Unfortunately, they do that. They move it offshore because of the pricing. You know, it's yep. more economical for them. So that's when you start. Instead of it being manufactured locally, you, you manufacture it overseas, and that's when a purchase order financier will actually look at the transaction, which that's is probably right. something yeah we'll talk about. Yeah, so the risk is there. first main point, it's got to be pre-sold, right? Second main point, which you just uh, uh, said then, was it must be finished goods, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you need to bring some goods into the country, and then you have a production cycle, so you've got to do stuff mm-hmm. and make that so it's now saleable, mm-hmm. uh, this probably is not your style of yeah. finance. So... Um, Let's specifically talk through how a wholesaler mm. uh, would thus get goods into the country and have a financier mm. fund this transaction. Yeah, so before I just... I'm just going to just quickly home down the point that we're talking about all these conditions around, you know, it must be pre-sold, you can't add value to it, yada, 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 you know, and you're thinking, oh, that doesn't suit me. But what it actually suits specifically is clients or business owners that need funding where... They, they have this large order. There is no way that they have enough assets in their property or their business mm. turnover to justify the borrowing to the bank or another lender. Um, and what the purchase order fund is going to do is look so heavily at the transaction because the strength of the transaction uh, determines whether they can fund it. Now, you can go and get other products and you can add in property security and all those things, which is going to give you more um, flexibility and allow it to come into your factory and all that thing. But when you don't have those security things to offer to the lender, a purchase order funder is the perfect type of funding uh, uh, option that you can put in place because it's based just off the order. Mm. Um, So just quickly again, what were you asking me? Yeah, I just want to go through maybe step by step how, let's say, a manufacturer who's doing Mm. their work overseas or maybe just a wholesaler would actually engage a lender, mm. how that lender would then pay the supplier, yep. how the goods would get through to the end customer and how that debt would then get paid basically. Yeah, so perfect. the transaction is then closed out. Yeah, okay. So on a high level um, thing, we talked about it. First and foremost, you need a purchase order. So you've got a purchase order for finished goods. Yep. The ideal situation is that purchase order is being produced by an overseas supplier, one supplier, hopefully, one factory. What happens then is um, you go to the supplier, you work out the terms. They usually say you need a 30% deposit yep. and balance on shipping or FOB mm-hmm. terms, free on board, um, which basically just means for those who don't know, uh, free on board is they want to be paid at the time of shipping. So the ship sales, free on board means that the goods have passed over the rails of the ship. So you go to the purchase order company and you say, look, I've got an order here for 100 grand from um, David Jones or Harvey Norman. 
and the supplier says, great, pay me the 30% to produce the goods. Important key note, the purchase order financier won't pay the 30% deposit because yep. there's what's called a production risk. Production risk is that they pay that 30% deposit, two months later or six weeks later, the goods don't get produced. The order doesn't complete they can't pay back the finance. Right. So that's what's called production risk. So they won't pay that. What they will do is enable you, once you've paid that deposit, they might provide the deposit funding if you've got other security, who knows. But once those goods have been produced um, and they're ready to be shipped, that's when the purchase order funder will um, affect payment right. to the supplier overseas to get the goods shipped. So on a 100 grand cost, effectively, the business owner is going to have to come up with a 30 grand? That's right, sort of generally. That's yep. right, and the funder will look to finance the... Well, no, 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 on, on the purchase cost, 30% of the yeah. purchase cost, yeah. Yeah, yep, that's right. Yep. Um, so then what the, the the purchase order financier do to cut down the risk, um, which sometimes business owners don't understand quite that well, but they'll use a mechanism called a letter of credit, and that's a documentary note, which is like a promise to pay or a guarantee, and it works two ways. Number one, um, the... It protects the buyer, so you. Um, so what it does is it has special conditions in that letter of credit that says, hey, you must ship the goods in accordance of what you promised to send me or ship me, mm. right? And they can't get paid until they actually ship the goods. What the supplier's benefit is is that <clears throat> instead of shipping those goods on open credit and in hoping that you pay them later or um, waiting for you to pay and coming up with the money, they get a guaranteed payment from a major Australian bank if they meet the conditions of the per, uh, the letter of credit. Right. So as soon as they ship those goods, the supplier in China can walk down to the bank and go, hey, here's a copy of the bill of lading, which says I've shipped the goods and a copy of um, any other conditions that match what I need to release the payment. They hand that to the bank, the bank releases the money instantly. Right. Okay. Yep. So it's protect buyer protection and yes. and seller protection as now, well. Now, would this method of payment be in place for every type of transaction, or maybe under a certain level, you wouldn't bother, I guess, going down that yep. path because it's going to add some days, it adds some costs, mm. it's going to add, I guess, uh, you know, some work to involve now a third party, which is going to be a big name bank, isn't it? Really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So where I mean, the answer to the question is no. It doesn't apply in every situation. Yeah. Um, but when the orders, I mean, we, um, I think we see over about fifty thousand dollars generally. Yeah. That's when a letter of credit will kick in, yeah. because the risk goes up. You know, it's a lot of money. The lender says, "Well, you know, if if they don't ship these goods, or they do ship the goods and they arrive here and they're not right, you know, you're not going to complete your order. You're not going to sell. So they want to put a letter of credit in there, protects them, protects mm. the buyer, and protects the seller. But there's more work involved and the purchase order finance company will structure the letter of credit for you. So there's a lot of expertise that goes into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the supply has been paid. The goods have been have been shipped. Uh, would they normally be shipped to, I guess, the business owner or would they be shipped uh, straight to the end customer? So the Maya, which I think we were using before. Yeah, look, the, the best situation is to have them shipped directly to the end customer. Yeah. Um, that works uh, in a number of ways. It cuts down the risk to the lender. Um, because the goods don't get handed off during transit somewhere and there's a risk that they might not get to that end buyer, right? So they get directly to Maya, Maya accepts them um, and then it goes on there from their transaction. However, there are definitely circumstances where they can go via the client's warehouse. So when it does go through the warehouse, 
it, it's purely a case-by-case basis. So, you know, if you're a startup, it's unlikely that's going to happen because um, you can get this funding for startups. Then it's very good for startups. Um, but if you're, a, 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 I guess, an established business and the goods are coming into your warehouse and they only have to change a few things or maybe repackage them to go out, then you'll find that some of the purchase order finance companies will allow that to happen instead of demanding that it goes direct to the end customer. Okay, right. Uh, so once the goods make their way to the end customer, uh, then how and when would the financier get paid back effectively? Yeah, so uh, in Australia, the purchase order finance companies that are in play right now, um, if you look, they say that they will allow, um, look, you've, there's two ways, right? There's a 90 day facility for mm. a purchase order company, right? They say, look, we we'll provide up to up to 90 days. Now, that doesn't mean you can take the full 90 days. It just means that we'll allow 90 days for delivery. Yep. What the key pointer here is that once the goods arrive, you must deliver the goods and turn that into an invoice. Yeah. And the reason why you need to do that is because that's how you're going to pay the finance out. And that's what they call a self-liquidating transaction because the goods come in, they arrive, they turn into an invoice. So the lender wants to see that invoice now, 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 now. As yeah. soon as you arrive and you deliver it, raise the invoice. Now, raising the invoice doesn't mean that's the end of the transaction. Um, so you can elect to pay out that facility at that point, but it's highly likely that you don't have the cash available. But it's turned into an invoice, which, believe it or not, is an asset which you all know about right yeah so we've talked about factoring now you've created a new asset called an invoice now that invoice can be financed to pay out that 90-day facility yeah right so the the guys in australia doing it the lenders they would usually like to bolt on what we call you know the factoring facility um, which then starts to turn into you know, the fancy word called supply chain finance. Yeah. yeah. But really, it's just a purchase order or import facility bolted onto a debtor finance facility. Yeah. Now, you're thinking, oh, no, I've, you know, I've got to do this as well. But think about this, right? You don't have to then pay out the facility straight away. You can wait. You turn it into an invoice. You finance that invoice on day one. The money from the finance on the invoice or the factoring doesn't go to your account it goes and it just basically rolls into paying out the old facility. Which same is as debt of finance. Same as right. debt of finance, right? So really, if you think about, I guess, the time it takes uh, from the moment it leaves your supplier's warehouse, say it's in China, mm. it, it might go on ship, it might take, I don't know, uh, six to eight weeks to get to the country. Mm. Uh, it's then sent to your customer. You then raise an invoice. Say your terms are 30 days at end of month, so mm. possibly up to 60 days. Then, So what are we talking about there? We're talking... Um, three or four months down the line that mm. you actually really pay for that finance which your financier has stumped up um, yeah. to pay your supplier yeah. from day one. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool because once the invoice is paid, they then take back... Think back to when you first pay the supplier almost 180 days later, maybe, up to yeah. 180 days later. Then the invoice gets paid, right? Back, you know, months ago... You didn't even have to put a cent out or you had to pay your deposit, but the balance of it, you haven't had to foot out of your own operational cash flow. That's right. Right? You've had you've kept that money in your business. Then the invoice pays, they take back the money and they refund you back the difference or your profit. And you've got a happy customer as they've got yeah. their goods on time, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It makes a yeah. lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Maybe just a very quick word on, on pricing. Now, uh, from what we see, and it's sort of my view, and I sort of see this type of finance as just like an extension of an invoice financing type facility yeah, it sort it of just is. brings it forward slightly yeah. 
And I think that's in line with the pricing that we see. So the rates are in line with invoice factoring, um, sort of give or take for maybe a facility that takes 90 days to mm. be paid out. We sort of see anywhere between just sort of 7 and 12% impact of your margin yeah for the full cycle for the full cycle yeah, that means right. you've used so the finances money the finances company's money for you know what is it three four five months that's right you know yeah so it's so not that bad no it's pretty good it's quite good i think as well it's it's a pretty cool product mm. uh and especially if you have a high margin then mm. these sorts of numbers you know you shouldn't even flinch at yeah yeah do. i mean we the funder will go if it's on the strength of the transaction, right? So you can turn up with a half a million dollar or a million dollar order. That's right. And the finance is not going to look at your balance sheet. They're not going to look at your assets. They're going to go, who's ordering the goods? Who's it coming from in in China? And how are they going to be paid? And if that transaction fits into your business model, you can go out and start selling because you know that you can finance these orders. It's pretty good. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that is a wrap maybe for purchase order funding, also yep. known as trade finance, also known as import finance, with the key takeaway points being must be pre-sold, you must have a purchase order, and must be for finished goods. If you put a tick in those two boxes, and then there's an excellent chance you'll mm-hmm. get this style of, of funding. Um, now, for those listeners who obviously don't fit into that bracket, and there would be many, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, so if you're a retailer, you probably don't have a purchase order for your goods as, as it would not be pre-sold, uh, you might be thinking, well, that doesn't suit me, so... Uh, what is there for me and uh, well you're lucky as there is uh, an option for you and uh, it's called inventory finance now this is I guess even rarer I guess within this country Um, there's only a few funders who can do it and Mm. as you might expect there are some caveats as to if if this will suit you Um, and so Lee I might throw it over to you again yeah, I, look, I think we said in the last podcast this is exciting because it is exciting. Like inventory finance options don't come along very often um, and, you know, there's a couple of funders that have popped up in recent times. One of them is one of the largest non-bank funders in Australia mm. um, and we, you know, we've, we've just taken them on board recently. They're a great company um, and they've been willing to share all their loan criteria with us so we can load them up in the platform and match it to them. Um, so inventory finance is, once again, don't think of it that they're just going to chuck money in your bank account and you do whatever you want with it. Mm. Inventory finance or any of these types of products, they're transactional products, right? So if they give you the money, they want to make sure it's going to the right place in terms that it will turn into a product which can be sold, which can repay. So it all liquidates and helps you generate revenue to pay back the loan. Inventory finance is for non-pre-sold goods. So you... Look, it really is just um, there's the constraints are so much less than a purchase order deal because there's less checking that has to be done. Mm. There's one, I guess, key thing that will be done by the uh, finance company is that they will still pay your overseas suppliers direct. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing. Some borrowers come through loan us, they're like, great, I don't have to do that yeah, anymore. Thank God. <laughs> I don't have to bother going through, working out who to do the best foreign exchange through, pay my overseas supplier. Yeah, it's annoying. It's painful. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. But then some people are like, oh, no, I want to do it myself. But it's for them to cut down risk, they'll pay it direct. So just remember, don't think they're going to put the money in your account. It's going to go direct overseas. Now, the fascinating thing about this product that we've taken on is that in a lot of cases, um, it operates as an unsecured line of credit for your inventory stock purchases. Um, so what that means is that a lot of times um, they're not taking direct security over your company. They'll just take a director's personal guarantee, right? Um, and <clears throat> you can be a startup, 
But look, really, you probably want to be seeing about two years worth of trading history, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's think about it for a second from the lender's point of view. So uh, with the first product, which we went through with the purchase order funding, it's, I believe, uh, slightly less risky, right? As you have a purchase order, probably from a well-known branded customer, mm. there's an excellent chance that's going to turn into money in the future, right? Yep. So uh, in terms of getting payback from the point of view of a lender, uh, that is less risky. If we're now talking about inventory financing, so it's it's not pre-sold, right? Th- there mm. is l- less chance and there is no guarantee that if a financier was to fund your supplier, you bring some goods into the country, it might sit uh, on your floor for months, basically. So th- yeah. th- there is no guarantee that that's going to turn into a sale. So it is it is more risky. And that is why there are a couple of additional hurdles that you've mm. got to jump through to qualify for this type of financing, as you would expect, yeah. because it is more risky. And um, yes, startups do qualify, but only for smaller amounts. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think that is a key takeaway point. Yep. And if you are looking for larger amounts, so if you are looking for something over, I guess, the 100K mark, mm. um, which you know is, is not that large, really, uh, you need to have shown that you have been profitable, mm. right? So you need to have a net profit uh, at least once in the last two years. Mm. So that is the hurdle, which uh, may make you become unstuck. Yeah. yeah. I think they mentioned as well, though, if you're not showing profit, then if you've got some other assets they can assess, they may that's still right. look at it. It's not a hard and fast rule, yeah, but and fast that's the rule. starting point. Yeah, but just going back to the from a lender's perspective, when you when you speak to the lender when you've been matched, I mean, just remember, they're looking at, if you're a startup and they're funding you on inventory, that's where the risk lies. They don't know how, I mean, if you haven't been in business for a while, how do they know you're not buying stock that won't sell, won't turn into sales? Exactly. Right? And, you know, if you're in business for the first time, it's your first year, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know whether or not this stock's going to sell in droves or not. But right. from a lender's point of view, that's what they're looking at. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that that's what they're really looking at. But the, the uh, I mean, what the other mechanism why that it works so well is because, I mean, they're not really looking at your assets. If you've got that two-year trading history, they... They really back off this product with, um, I guess it's underwritten by an insurance product, isn't it? Yeah, Our that's understanding right. is. That's yeah. right. So the insurance that, uh, they don't go through, um, I guess, a balance sheet assessment. They use an insurance, a third-party insurance company, and that protects the lender in case you don't repay that inventory. Now, the difference between an inventory product and I guess a supply chain or purchase order slash, you know, with a debtor finance component backed onto it is that they are just a 90 day facility. So you get 90 days to repay that stock. Mm. Now you can pay that through any other means you want, but you just got to keep into consideration that it's a 90 day facility. So if you take on this facility, you want that stock to be turning, it arrives. So that goes back to, you know, try and only buy stock that might be pre-sold or are your best-selling lines. Manage your cash flow, that's right. Yeah, you still got to do it. Flow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just got to be careful. Now, I think we might have just blazed over it, but you mentioned that uh, a personal guarantee is, I guess, the main security which is taken for this type of loan for, mm. the, for the inventory finance. Uh, I don't think we really sort of touched on that. Uh, again, 
one of the prereqs for this type of finance is you've got to have clean personal credit. Yeah. If you've got a checkered past, right, you haven't been very good at paying your bills and that's shown up on your credit file, mm. um, especially for this type of finance, as there is a whole lot of trust being entrusted in you by the lender because this stuff is not pre-sold. You might be a newish business, right? Mm. You do get a sizable lump of money. Mm. Um, you've got to show that you've been a good boy or a girl in the past. And if you haven't, yeah. uh, then there is a chance that you won't get this funding. Again, it's not a hard and fast rule, but that's the starting point. Yeah. Is, is it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get through and that's where we can jump in and help you out. Yeah. Um, but the the beauty, yeah, once again, like it's such a good product. Like you come through and if you fit the two-year trading history, you've got good credit and you've got bank funding in place and you've got another lender in place and you're like, that's another good point. crap, I've got this awesome order that came through or I've got this opportunity to supply a lot of stock to a lot of buyers, but I'm not necessarily going to get purchase orders, maybe, mm. or I don't want to go through the purchase order route you'll get approved, bang, you got the, and it's unsecured. That's right. It sits behind you. It's, That's right. it's, it's, it's an awesome product. And that, that reason why, going back to the insurance component, is why they can do it because the lender has protection from an insurance company in case, right? doesn't protect you, of course. You still got to pay the money back. Yeah. But in the event that you completely fail and, you know, God forbid you do, but the lender's got that, that. And that's how they are able to finance you is having those mechanisms in place and cutting down the risk by paying the supplier direct for you so the money's not going astray. No, that's great. Um, so I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that's yep. a wrap. We're not yep. going to go too much further because uh, we're hitting the 25-minute yeah. mark. So as we said, it is quite sort of technical, this style of financing. Mm. You've probably got questions. If you do, feel free to give us a call. We'd love to have yeah. a chat about it. This huge. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Got any other comments, uh, pop them below on the blog and uh, see you next time.